Hey, you're listening to the Talking Tough podcast, brought to you by Dr. Martins and hosted by me, George Moot. I'm a model and presenter from London, and on this podcast, I'll be talking all things tough with our guests, covering important subjects including body positivity, diversity, mental health, and sexuality. Hope you enjoy. So today on the podcast, we have Ben Hurst. Ben is an activist, artist, speaker, and heads up facilitation and training at the Good Lad Initiative. So the Good Lad Initiative is a collective which is working towards gender equality and engaging men in conversations surrounding masculinity. You might have seen Ben's TED talk, Boys Won't Be Boys, Boys Will Be What We Teach Them To Be, which has over 13,000 views and articulates the issues with toxic masculinity and the steps we need to take in order to transform gender norms. So, Ben, welcome to Talking Tough. Hi. <laughs> Hi there. Hi there. Hi. Nice to meet you. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. So, I wanted to start, I guess, at the beginning. Ooh. Very Freudian of me. Ooh. Let's go back to let's the beginning. Let's go back to the womb. Yeah, let's go yeah. back to your childhood. This, oh. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to know sort of how you ended up in this career path. Oh, yeah, it's a good question. There's no steps, man. Like, it's just it's just luck of the draw, I think. Um, so start at the beginning. I was born <laughs> in 1990. No. Um, so I, I grew up with my mum and my dad and three sisters, three older sisters. Oh, okay. um, and that was dope. It was it was like a really nice childhood. Um and I know, like, for me, growing up, like, the there's something in uh, psychotherapy which is called, like, your highest context marker, which is about, like, the lens or the struggle that you see the world through. Um, and for me, that thing was always race. Um, so I remember, like, being in primary school and being like, you're racist, this is racist, like, in secondary school. Yeah. Everything was racist. That Anytime was your main trouble, kind of, like, yeah. defining factor. 100%. Yeah. Um, and I got to, like... I got I, I, around the age of like 15 I had like a really weird like spiritual experience and I got really like I was raised in church um and I got really serious about church um and I went I decided for university that I was going to go to bible college so I went and studied theology applied theology and youth ministry um at a private bible college and it was like hell on earth man and in my last year I got kicked out because I had sex, which was super awkward. And I had to tell I had to tell my parents. Your parents, yeah, why you man, weren't they attending were anymore. Not happy. Um, my dad was just like, that was a stupid decision. You're like, yes, um, yes, it was. Yeah, it was brutal, man. And then um I'd had a plan, and my plan was that I was gonna go and work full-time in the church. Um, and that kind of just was off the table at that point. Um, and I went to a charity that was teaching sex ed in schools. Um, and I did that for two years. And one of my roles there was to develop a boys project about being a good man. And I sat down like on my first day of work and I was like, what do you say? Like, how yeah, do you convince you boys yeah. that they're like meant to be good men? Um, so I started researching other organisations that were doing similar work. Um, and it was just a lot of like people taking boys into the woods and making them chop down trees and like teaching them to build houses. And I was <laughs> like, mm, I've yeah. got really pretty hands. Like, I don't want to do that. This is like, this is not my vibe. I came across um, the Good Lad Initiative, which at the time was the great initiative. Um, and 
for me, like I was just going there to steal resources. Um, but then it was my first time like being in a room of guys where people were like really talking honestly about like how they feel about themselves. Yeah. Um, and also it was the first time that I'd understood the world like through a different lens where like race wasn't the only struggle wasn't the um, only yeah and there yeah. was there's just other things right there's other things that are at play um that also impact like how easily someone can move through the world um and this makes sense so i'm gonna start volunteering and i was volunteering for like a year um and then a job came up and so i started working there which is dope I just found that interesting that you were sort of saying it used to be kind of like your ethnicity and your race that mm, used to be mm. the one kind of cultural marker or what you'd see the world do and then kind of later on in life you then saw that there's also another intersection and maybe it does take someone's mom or someone's girlfriend or someone to kind of make you see the world from like from a place that you don't experience it right and you know what it is like when you when you don't um when you are not when it's not your struggle like it's invisible to you yeah like you don't like why would you know like i, I remember the first time um Someone, someone called me out on like, I guess ableism, and I was like, I was talking about being like being in a rush and going to a disabled toilet, and they were like, well, you can't actually do like that. That's, that's really bad. And I was like, you're making a big deal out of nothing. Yeah. But actually, like, that's a massive thing. When but I just think never about think it, about it yeah. because I don't have to think about like what yeah. toilets I can access where and when of I course. can just go to the toilet I always actually think about that when I'm on the tube and you see the little uh, wheelchair sign. Yeah, and it's yeah, that, yeah. So a few stops, and you're like. Oh, I wow, take you this so can't for go granted. Anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So it's always nice just sometimes, you know, check your privilege. So the Good Lad Initiative does a lot of work in schools, correct? Yeah. And yeah, especially yeah. you with the training and yeah. all of that stuff. How do you engage young men or boys in these kind of conversations? Because I know when I was at school, say if I was 15... Yeah. These gender roles and these kind of norms were so ingrained. Yeah. And when you're a teenager, the idea of not fitting in or not kind of doing what your mate says or or being in, in any way different mm. is terrifying. So how do you go about facil- facilitating that conversation? Yeah, I get, do you know what? I think it's just um, like we just try and have fun. Like primarily it's about creating creating like spaces for people to like honestly and openly explore stuff um and in a way that doesn't feel heavy um there's like a there's a phrase i don't know who said it but like if you can't explain something to a child you don't understand it um and for me like i think it's not about like like there's there's words that i'll use like on a podcast or there's words that i'll use like in corporate training um like terms like intersectionality and feminism blah 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 blah, blah. um but like when you're talking to like a 13 year old, like you don't say any of that stuff. Yeah, you're just talking about, their yeah, their experience, if they like it or not. Um, and I think it's like there's a lot of activities. There's a lot of games. There's a lot of like running around the classroom. There's a lot of like circle time, like chuck the tables <laughs> away. Like let's talk real talk. Um, yeah, a lot like it's, it's tough um, because like school is a very specific environment of course. Um, and I think like kids are very used to being in an environment where the objective is to give the right answer yeah um, and then when you get into an explorative space like the objective is not the right answer like I, I always say when I walk into a classroom like I don't care about the right answer I just want to hear what you think um, and then we can explore or we can talk about that um, so it's a lot of like yeah what feels like random conversations um, a lot of like 
banter, a lot of laughing, like a lot of, a lot of jokes, a lot of like telling people stuff's not funny, but like in a funny way. Um, and just, yeah, just running conversations and allowing people the space to like actually process stuff. Because um, I, I think also these are not ideas that people have spent loads of time thinking about, especially at like 13, 14, 15. Of course. Like the average kid hasn't spent loads of years like considering seriously gender and like the social construct or nature versus natural or whatever how you it might maybe be. make people feel how right. your words make yeah. people feel or yeah. how your actions make people feel you're nah. just like worried about getting a laugh and yeah. having your friends like you and you haven't like developed empathy at that age like kids <laughs> are savages they're brutal but they're they're amazing and they're honest right they tell the truth um so it's really if you can create that space where they feel like they can tell the truth you have the most interesting conversations but i think that's so amazing that you kind of made that space because also I remember when I was watching your TED talk you were talking about that game I think where it's like the word association game yeah Yeah. (laughs) and it's like some of the words that you were putting up that the boys were saying were quite like explicit or like ways to describe women and it's like I think sometimes in these kind of progressive conversations it feels a bit like people it's like you said you don't want to get the wrong answer you don't want to say anything that might come across some kind of way you don't want to be called out the word race is like a particularly interesting activity because it's just like them testing you um like kids and you can see in their eyes they're like how much can i get away (laughs) with here how much can i say before i get in trouble and because especially in that like first half an hour hour of a workshop there's literally like unless somebody is behaving in a way that's inappropriate there's no consequence Mm. so like they think that if they write like boobs or vagina or dick or whatever like you're going to be like no guys you can't say that and i just laugh like i'm like oh that's that's dumb like why why have you said (laughs) vagina 18 times in different words um and then i think after that like they loosen up and they're like oh we can actually like tell the truth yeah oh he's safe he's cool this is fun i think Um, it seems like it it's a space that kind of makes young men feel comfortable and yeah. I think that isn't a space that is often created yeah um, and these are the conversations they're having anyway do you yeah. know what I mean like yeah, they're having yeah. them whether we're there or not um, and I think that's what we want to get to is like the real things that they're actually talking about rather than like I've been in so many and I've delivered so many workshops in the past that have been like you need to think like this or this is what we should believe or this is how we should do this um, and it doesn't like lead to change like I don't remember when from when I was in school I don't remember anything that was like somebody telling me what I should think I always remember those moments where like people were like what do you think about this and I yeah. like, I remember like RE and like debating about like abortion and stuff do you know what I mean like I remember yeah. those conversations where your mind is actually working um, and so I think like allowing kids to access that space is super super well it feels less like you're telling them off or saying like don't say these words don't think this way and more um engaging with them as a person and how they really feel and giving them space to actually kind of think about it and indulge in their thoughts and kind of their morals um do you think that they respond better to you because you're also like someone that they can maybe relate to more just as in when i was Again, pulling an anecdote from when I was at school. <laughs> Delving uh, deep. Way back when I was at school. Oh, I, I mean, I'm 22 now. So oh, <laughs> that was like last week. <laughs> Just got my GCSEs, guys. Yeah, um, when I was at school, it was like this 60-year-old guy in a suit who was teaching us PSHE. Yeah. 
which I actually can't even remember what that stands for anymore. Um, <laughs> Personal something. Yeah, something. But it was all the kind of like the stuff that didn't fall in academia. It was kind of that space where it just felt a little bit forgotten about. It was a bit like, oh, this is all the stuff that isn't like yeah. science. It doesn't it fall into this, but yeah. we have to do it because it's on the curriculum. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it was like we had this, yeah, this... I mean, no hate to my old PSHE teacher, he was lovely. But he was in this sort of suit and tie and he was kind of this 60-year-old Scottish guy talking to us about, like, sex education in a very biological way. I'm just not going to listen. Like, people I don't just like throw this. stuff yeah. around the classroom. But I just think if it had been, or even, again, thinking back about, like, the teenage boys that I know, like my brother, if someone like you had come in mm. and sort of in, been more on their level... I think it would have gone in more or yeah. it would have kind of led to an understanding. Yeah. And we, like, I guess, like, we work... So we work all across the UK, like, all up and down. Um, and there are, like, really different places. So, like, in like in a school, like, in South London, for example, like, I'm walking in as, like, a 20-something black guy um, who's, like, relatively cool. or They perceive me as relatively cool anyway. Um, and then... Like some days you go in and you wear like your cool trainers so that they like they might vibe with you a little bit more. But like that, like it's a really nice experience. But I think um, like we so we've trained I think around three hundred guys and they're all like all of the rest of them are like they just do this voluntary. Mm. Um, and I think that there are so many different types of people. But one of the beautiful things about the project is like somebody everybody relates to someone. Yeah. Um, and so it's not necessarily like every kid is going to relate to me specifically, but I think just being who you are and turning up and being like, I'm I'm me and I thought about this stuff and I find it interesting, I want to talk about it, is enough to like make people relax. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like, you're right, like, a six, and we do have like 60 year old volunteers, right? Like we have like, we call them like our granddads um, <laughs> and they go in and they bring like, they bring a really nice vibe, but I think the, the facilitation style is still the same where it's like very explorative and not like come and sit on my lap and let me tell you about what you should think it's more like oh what do you think this is really interesting i've never thought about that before i i didn't grow up in this world i don't understand explain it sounds that. like it just has more thought behind yeah, it which yeah, i yeah. think is really amazing and what young men need is to just sort of have someone to be like listen i like i hear you yeah i'm thinking of you this is for you right I was going to mention later about the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, ma'am. And about that how... That is a rough one. Yeah, and if you're already told, like, oh, you're going to only achieve this, you're yeah. only going to do that, you're going to behave in this way, this is what's expected of you, then, of course, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Would you say that accountability and sort of giving men that space is helping to turn around the self-fulfilling prophecy? Yeah. I, th I think that, like, the self-fulfilling prophecy piece is massive, man. Like, it's like... For me, I think there's definitely something around you having, like, knowing that there are these expectations of who you're meant to be and how you're meant to be um, and feeling like you have to live up to those things. Um, and I, as an organisation, one of the things that we, we say we do is promote positive masculinities, plural, um, which is, like, giving people... But basically, it's giving people the option. So allowing them to say, or looking at what we've got for what it is, talking about the good bits of it, talking about the bad bits of it, um, and then saying, what do you want? Like, and not being prescriptive. Because I think, like, regardless of, like, what characteristics or what traits we tell people they need to embody, like, when power and privilege and all of those things come into it, like, it's going to manifest. Like, if you're, if you're a person and you're, like... Um, 
being caring is what you what you really value, but you're also in a position of power, then that can manifest in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And like lead like there are ma- like traditionally masculine qualities like leadership or dominance or the, the urge to protect or whatever that just turn bad because of power um, so it's not about like giving people a new set of rules to, to play by it's more about saying well what game do you want to play like what would you like yeah. to do if you could do anything who would you be yeah. um, and then allowing them that space and I think that leads to more like transformation for people but like sometimes some of this kind of work can be slightly idealistic in right. the way that it's like gender is not you know there's no gender anymore like we're all it's a bit kind of similar to how people are like we don't see in color like you know that and i think it's important not to fall into that trope because young men growing up and young women are still very much told from an early age this is what is expected of you this is what you're gonna become men are still told they are gonna be leaders and that you have to be strong and that you can't cry or whatever right but you're also saying but it, you're also allowed to be this, and yeah. if you want to feel this, it's not a like it's not a um, female thing to yeah. want to cry. Or it's not you know if you're a caring person and you want to I don't know go into become a nurse or yeah, do right. something you know it's like you're allowed like, like this is a viable career path for you like you could actually do that if you want to do. But it. I think yeah. it's great that you don't just sort of shove it under the carpet it's like yeah. oh well that's not a thing like if you want to be a nurse you can be a nurse it's yeah. like okay but you've got to recognise that there are still you're going to come up against people who are a bit like, oh, well, nursing's a girl thing, yeah. you know? And and I guess, like, the flip side of it is that the conversation also isn't all boys should be nurses or, like, yeah, like yeah. you have to now do this thing. But I think what is really interesting is, like, when those things come up, like, exploring the reasons why yeah. for them as kids, like, why is it that we don't view being a nurse as, like, a, a job for a man? Like, yeah. why is, like, where does that come from? And then once you do that work of, like, exploring it, then you can make your own informed decision. Exactly. Um, and I think it's just about giving people, like, the choice and the option. Exactly, definitely. the choice. I think yeah. that's kind of what really stuck out to me, especially when I was listening to your TED Talk, is just about giving people that choice. So mm. not kind of undermining the what they experience or what men face or what women face but just saying hey we know this pressure is applied to you but it's also okay if you want to not follow that that yeah that role you like know you can actually access a full range of yeah, emotions if you want like you can whatever it is you want to do and then sometimes the outcome is like some kids are still like mm, i don't want to cry like yeah. I, don't, I do think it's weak or yeah. i do think this or i do think that which we would challenge right but i think it's more about for the kids that do want to do that, not that for them to feel like they're not abnormal, exactly, um, or there's not anything wrong with them, exactly. Um, yeah, and providing providing that for them, I think is like one of the best best. Bi- and sometimes they have like light bulb moments where they're like, oh, "I've been tricked." Yeah. like someone's made me do all this stuff that I don't want to do, yeah. and I didn't realize I could opt out of it. Yeah, <laughs> one the weirdest thing happened. So when I did the TED talk before the talk came out, like I started getting trolled. And I, I was so confused. Like, there were loads of guys on Twitter, like, messaging me and talking about, like, calling me weird, weird things and, like, saying that I was, like, talking about what I'd said in this talk that they hadn't heard yet. Um, and, like, if I'm, how can I talk about toxic masculinity and not talk about toxic femininity and mm-hmm. blah, 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 like, all of this stuff. Um, and, I, like, also accusing me of like calling men toxic and I feel like Like working for the other side yeah but But like from my talk like what I remember the only thing I said about toxic masculinity was that we can't keep having the same conversation about it where every man is toxic all Mm -hmm. the time um and it was really weird to like see the like the defensiveness surface 
and like rise and also become like aggression um, for something that they hadn't seen or understood or clearly hadn't watched, like to also, understand. Mildly ironic. Yeah, that's just, kind of what like, you're this is definitely to what I'm talking yeah. about, bro. Like chill, <laughs> like relax. And like, I, it was such a weird experience. Like I tried to have like really reasonable conversations. And in your work, it seems that you aim to educate men in the way that patriarchy also affects them. Yeah. Um, like the the outcomes are shit for everyone. Yeah. Like there's maybe like one percent of guys who who are really winning. On top. Do you know what I mean? Like who are right at the top. And even for those dudes, like they're like self medicating and like life isn't that great and like pretending they're not depressed or depre- like pretending they're not they don't have anxiety attacks because that's weak or whatever. And I just feel like all of that stress is like so avoidable. And life still happens. Do you know what I mean? Life's hard for everyone, regardless. But I just feel like there are things that we have in place that make it so much harder. One of the conversations we have like in university workshops is a a conversation about self-care and like how you look after yourself. Um, So we'll ask a question like, have you ever engaged in self-care or like have you ever run a bath or bought yourself some flowers or whatever lit a candle to relax and like everyone's response is no and my response is always like but why like why wouldn't you do that it's so nice like you can just chill like don't you love the feeling of being in a bath i know like (laughs) bath bombs are so sick like they're actually life um and so yeah do you know what i mean like if you if you learn anything today learn that bath bombs are lit even like i was thinking about earlier because this uh segues us quite nicely into talking about mental health and mental health amongst men Mm. i was thinking earlier like part of self-care is maybe taking medication or going to therapy and i was thinking how many men do i know that openly admit like yeah i see a therapist or oh Yeah. yeah i've been to the doctor because i'm not feeling great you know it's like they're kind of still seen as taboos especially for men and obviously mental health affects everyone regardless of your gender like you said regardless of gender people can have a shit time in life do you think the space is slowly opening up for men to talk about these things yeah do you know what was interesting was you mentioned men talking honestly about going to therapy Mm -hmm. or counseling um and i know for me like i definitely push that narrative with my friends um so I go to I've been going to therapy um I started going like at the beginning of this year and what I found really interesting was like I always have this like perception of myself where I'm like I've done the work and I'm like I'm really out here but actually like I'm still just a dude do you know what I mean like I'm still just me um and I think and feel like loads of things that I also think are problematic and one of the things was like the feeling of being inside of myself and thinking I don't want to tell people that I'm doing this because it makes you look a certain way or people might think there's something wrong with you and my reality was at that time like I was dealing with depression and anxiety um and so like I didn't really have an option like I needed to sort sort through some stuff to figure out what the issue was um but I think those spaces are definitely more accessible and then there's also questions about who they're accessible for right like if you're work or like middle class particularly if you're white middle class like those spaces were made for you to access whereas like black working class or south asian working class kids are probably not going to be like yeah let's go to therapy this is so fun my therapist at the moment is a black guy and i like i I thought that for me that was super important because i didn't want to have to explain blackness to someone um i just wanted them to get it they're gonna get that extra layer that is kind of on top of your experiences but i definitely feel like the spaces are opening up and I i feel like also what like what I I guess in my work what I'm definitely seeing is more men 
being intentional about creating those spaces with other men, um, which is like a really beautiful thing. Um, and and it's super hard, man. Like I, I would be lying if I said it was easy because I think as guys, we're not raised to have the emotional literacy to do those conversations. Um, and you don't learn the language of like how to talk about how you feel. I really admire that you're admitting that you also have ways of thinking that can sometimes be problematic because I think yeah. especially now in the time when we're living in sort of call out culture mm. it can especially if you're so an activist and you're putting yourself <laughs> yeah. out there yeah. it can be hard to then say like check yourself and say yeah actually I'm not perfect it's important to engage in the conversation and be like okay why am I thinking like this how can I use this and how can I accept this and not yeah. just kind of push it down and repress it both of the I think both of those things have to be held together right like the one the accountability piece and like actually calling people out on their shit but also not reconciliation like redemption or like like there being a second chance and like being able to come back from making mistakes like I make mistakes all the time of course do you know what I mean like I feel like everyone does um but I often find myself in spaces where people look at me as as though I'm like the holy. perfect person yeah and I'm, I'm like holy. guys I'm definitely not um but I think that's one of the things that makes the workshops really cool is like being able to admit that and yeah I think that I think there's something really important around like calling people out and say, like if someone's done something that's bad like honestly sitting with them and saying bro that's fucked like yeah. that's really bad um but that not being about them this is one of the reasons that we like work with men and boys and we don't have like female volunteers who run workshops because i don't think for me that a big part of it is it's not women's job to do that that work like it's not women's job to talk like to make men feel good about themselves or to like forgive everything and like be like oh it's fine don't worry about it because sometimes it's not fine and like I think for me one of the areas like one of my personal like areas of growth I feel like this year has been like being super intentional about creating those spaces for me to do that with other men um and for me to like work through my stuff I was gonna ask do you do this like in your friend groups because I know some some men or and also women any kind of if there's any kind of problematic conversations going on, mm. if I was speaking to them one-on-one, they'd be like, that's not cool. Yeah. I don't agree with that. That's not like my moral standpoint. Yeah. But then when you're in a group situation, yeah. it's you either don't say anything or maybe like laugh along to just be like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Because I think people feel secure in themselves. They're like, well, I know that's wrong. Yeah, I would never do that. Yeah. yeah. So it's fine if I can just kind of go along with it. And I get that. Like, I do it. Yeah, I I definitely have tried like in the last year to make a real effort to like have those spaces where we can all call each other out, particularly because like in hard conversations, I shut down. Like I I feel myself like I can't go anymore. And I've done a lot of work to like get past that initial point of like, I don't want to talk anymore. Um, And yeah, it's it's like flexing a muscle that you've never flexed before. It's like developing like your back muscles if you've never lifted weights or whatever do you know what I mean it's, it me feels so uncomfortable gym. yeah yeah <laughs> trying to work literally on my pull up and getting nowhere <laughs> yeah. literally but it's it's super important super super important and super hard but but really rewarding um yeah I definitely feel like I'm I'm a more honest version of myself So lastly, I just wanted to ask, what tough topics do you think need to be covered in the future or what mm. conversations need to be carried on into the future? Yeah, oh, it's a good question. I think 
I think we need to talk more about race, which probably sounds played out because I feel like we talk about it a lot, but we definitely need to talk more about that. I think we need to talk more about other identities that are invisibilized. Like I think there are things like um like mental health has had a lot of a lot of time in the conversation, but I also think there's a lot of stuff missing from that conversation. Hidden disabilities. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um I think like trans people don't get the the time they deserve, they don't get the sounding board they deserve. Um yeah, gender, class is a massive one. Like, ev- basically, everything. We need to talk more about everything. <laughs> Just um, carry it on, yeah, I guess. But, and, I, and I guess, do you know what I think also is the future of these conversations is I think at some point we'll get to a conversation about femininity. And I think that's also important. It's not urgent, but it's important. Mm. Um, and I think there's a lot of freedom that can come from those conversations being had in the same way as these ones. Um, so I, I hope that, like, one day we get there. But I don't. I don't know if I'm the person to lead the charge on that. So like, over, to you. To <laughs> yeah. Yeah. over to like you. If anyone else wants to uh, come up and help yeah, out with yeah, that yeah. one, anyone. We've got time. It's fine. So tell all the listeners where they can find you, Ooh. where they can find the Good Lad Initiative. If they do want to help out, and they're like, "Yep, I want to be part of this," here's your right. Here's your stage. Okay. <laughs> Take this, it away, Ben. Oh, wow, this is a tough one. All right. So let's go in order. So first of all, if you want to find me, I am at the Real Ben Hurst on all socials. So you can just look and find me. Um, and then on Instagram, we are Good Lad Initiative, um, and on Twitter, we are GL Initiative. Um, so you can look us up, find us. Our website is www.goodladinitiative.com. Um, come on like have a look have like see what you find see if it interests you um and join the conversation more than anything it doesn't mean you have to subscribe it doesn't mean you have to like want to volunteer with us for the rest of your life but just engage like Even have a think disagree. about something yeah definitely come and tell we us still want to hear from you like <laughs> i enjoy a disagreement so yeah definitely come and swing by well thank you so much thank you to ben for joining us and also thank you to dr martin hey. for giving us this platform to talk about these things to let us waffle on um and we'll see you next time thank you so much for listening yeah.